That was a great clap, Jeff. I do my best. Yeah, so I never think of an intro. We just go with it, as always. So as you guys can see, I am Mike. We have Jeff on the other side of our special guest. What's up, Jeff? I'm the, me. meat, I'm the meat in this sandwich. I'm it's Sam from Dogfish Brewery. Dang, he's introducing himself. Spicy right Italian there. sausage. I meat. love it. Meat. <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we have Sam, the owner, founder, and current president of our favorite brewery. Of all time. Thank you, guys. You can fact check the show and find yeah. out that we have referenced a long lot. time. <laughs> I know you've worked with Derek, who runs sales for us in, in Florida for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've uh, mentioned you guys a handful of times. We as, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, That's my pride right there, my co-founder, Mariah. She and I are on a road trip up the East Coast, hanging out with great distributors, retailers, and beer folk like yourselves. Fantastic. Cool, cool. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come out and sit with us. Absolutely. For sure. yeah. so, you guys own this swan? Is this... No, no. I think we should buy it, though. It's pretty I, sweet. I'll go 50-50 on it. It's yes. pretty sweet. And ride yeah. the swan up to Delaware. <laughs> so if you see the video, we're in a swan boat. We're yeah. in a swan. <laughs> we're in, we're in an MNF and swan. <laughs> Obviously so, the best place to conduct an interview, yeah, in a swan yeah, yeah. boat in a, in a parking lot. But we're ready to roll. With the guy who founded our favorite brewery. <laughs> yeah. How, how uh, such us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, for us. sure. So we've we've... Everyone who's listened and watched the show is probably well aware of the Dogfish Head history. So we won't dab into it too much in terms of the questions we have for you. But I, th I think uh, Jeff has a question he kind of wanted to kick off. So I, with. yeah, so this was one question that I've always said if I ever got the chance to meet you and talk to you that this is something I'd love to ask you guys specifically because Dogfish Head's been such a pioneer for craft beer as far as innovation and, and pushing the envelope on what you can really do. Um, and still doing it with exceptional quality. So it, you haven't just said, I want to go and do this crazy thing, and then if whatever comes out, comes out. You've done it, and you've executed well. Um, now that you've established yourselves as that high mark of, of innovation in craft beer, do you feel that there is an expectation or a pressure from, the, from us to continue to push the envelope? And if there is, do you think that other things take a backseat to the, to the pressure to innovate? That's a great question. I would say that, yes, the consumer, it's almost an interesting push-pull situation because the consumer wants, and retailer really wants more new, right? They want innovation. But the distributors who are getting inundated with two new breweries opening a day that each want to put out more and more beer are getting inundated with too many different styles of beer for them to fit in their warehouses and their trucks and them for prioritize within the marketplace. So it's a weird push pill, push pull, but essentially the consumer always wins, you know, and, and that's the beauty of democracy. And right now, for example, our two, two of our four best selling beers didn't even exist at Dogfish Head two years ago, Flesh and Blood and Sequench Ale. So that shows that we're uh, you know, we are hitting on all, all cylinders for innovation because we're still coming out with beers that can be coast-to-coast -coast successes that didn't exist even a few years ago. Mm -hmm. sure. And we're drinking Sequench right yeah, now. and we'll it's drinking Sequench. Yes, we yeah. are. And a Great flesh and blood koozie. So my question yeah. is, you know, you've been doing this for over 20 years. Yes, 23 and years. Yeah, can you believe that? No. <laughs> no. I'm sure sometimes you feel it. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Not when I'm not sitting in this swan with you guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> so kind of piggyback Jeff's question, you know, what keeps you motivated and inspired to, you know, not only push the envelope but keep Dogfish what Dogfish is, you know, off-centered ales for off-centered people. Yeah. You know, for, for doing it so long in, in an industry that's increasing with competition, what keeps you 
motivated and inspired to do that every single day? Well, first I'd say my 350, you know, talented, passionate co-workers that we've created this community and I feel a, a luxurious responsibility. I'm happy for the responsibility to say, hey, let's make sure this is a place that is a brand that's going to be sustained for many years to come. So many of us have put our livelihoods into this brand. Sure. But secondly, on a more selfish note, yeah, I, my favorite part of the job is creating a beer that's never existed before, like a Sequench Ale or a Lupa Luau, and seeing if the marketplace uh, will accept it. That's still the real joy. I, I consider myself a brewer first and a business person second, and that creative brewing uh, aspiration is probably the thing that gets me up most, most excited every morning. All right. Second question for me is we have a good friend of the show, Preston, is, is opening a brewery in the St. Pete area of Florida. So he want to know from you, Sam, from yep. Dogfish, yep. what tips can you give him and maybe other people looking to get into the crafter now in 2018, maybe from a, you know ownership standpoint, a head brewer standpoint, anything, any tips? Yeah, I'll do uh, that you, you Yeah, learned? I mean, I'll say one from sort of the business side and one from sort of the beer side, let's call it. From the business side, I recommend instead of going as big as you possibly think you can when you write a business plan, go as small as you possibly think you can, i.e. don't go out over your skis and get into too much debt by building too big of a brewery with too many uh, dollars in bank debt. Uh, do it as cheaply as you can. Look at the used equipment market uh, and start small with a tasting room if you're in a state that allows that to prove that you can build a brand. Once you've proven you can build an exciting consumer engaged brand, then you'll have your pick from distributors. But if you try to build something big right away and need distributors before you've established consumer customer excitement loyalty you're screwed because the distributors are in general the good ones are very uh tight right now and picking up new brands so a don't go into too much debt start as small as far small as you possibly can and then b be maniacally focused regardless of what scale you aspire to be be world-class level focused on quality consistency and being well differentiated 23 years ago when Dogfish opened, you could probably get away with being one one or two of those three things. Today, as competitive as it is, you need to be firing on all three, quality, consistency, and not being derivative or being well differentiated. Absolutely. Wow, that's great advice. That's what I would say. And kind of a spinoff of that question, do you think that at, at your size now, where you guys are, that expanding uh, distribution and like we said before, innovating. So you have your you're putting out quality beers, putting out a lot of different quality beers, and then also hitting as many different palettes and people as you can reach. The balance has got to be exhausting to try to figure out how to do that and expand your market at the same time as expanding your SKUs. Is yeah, that- the geographic expansion. You know, we are we're, we're I think in about forty states, and they tend to be the most populated states. So we don't have a lot less. We don't have a lot of geography left to go in the U.S. We do intend to be a 50-state brewery eventually within the next two or three years, but we're not marching on some definitive date where we have to get to 50 states. Um, we're just enjoying that ride, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that I don't. Uh, I don't have to focus my time as much on vetting new distributors and new geographies. We got great people like Phil who runs our new market expansion, Ron who runs chains that do a lot of that work for for us. And I get to focus on innovation, R&D, and doing fun events in swans. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is perfect for us. Yeah, because yeah. we appreciate that. All right, I've got one more question from me. Well, it's actually not from me. It's from one of our listeners, Lauren. She wanted to know, with the craft beer that the way, uh, the craft beer market the way that it is now and growing so fast, what do you think is the most important principle or idea that we need to hold on to to make sure that we don't lose our sense of community and self-expression? Wow, that's a deep question, Lauren. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> I want to hang out with her over some beers. Um, well, I mean, you know, sitting here looking at my, my wife and our coworkers over at that table, you know, we have made a choice to be a uh, an independent craft brewery in the definition of the Brewers Association, which is our trade group. And it can be a polarizing definition because some people fall outside of that definition now that once we're inside of it. And of course, they're going to be frustrated and say, well, it's irrelevant because we're still making good beer. And that uh, that that happens. But I do think that is for the uh, to her question, the sustainability of the independent craft beer community. I think if craft beer gets commodified and it's going to be the world's biggest conglomerates and the brands that they control and that they market as I, as, as craft beer, they're going to be the ones who are going to push down the road of con, uh, con, uh, consolidating but also commodifying craft beer. One buck a bottle, $15, 15 packs. That, to me, is a risk that craft beer is in danger of getting commodified so consumers knowing who really makes their beer the brewers association's initiative to have a craft brewer's seal of independence on packaging i think it's a a worthy uh noble cause and if the consumer sees that the sale's on there and they don't give a shit and they're just like i don't care i just want the cheapest beer that says ipa on it that's fine that's that's the beauty of america they should decide for themselves but the problem is right now there's such a lack of transparency lack of authenticity that the consumer can't see who's making the beer that they think is being made by independent craft breweries so that's kind of something that i'd like to see uh i'm hopeful will stay top of mind yeah we touched on that entire episode the transparency in craft beer and how it's out the consumers want to know more and the businesses are kind of not you know displaying that to to them and so what was your guys opinion on how important that is and how you encourage people to seek that out we're being interviewed now and i like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's i think transparency is a good thing if you have nothing to hide right so if people want to meet the guy or girl who brews they want to meet the owners they want to meet all these people and they should not necessarily have a right but have that opportunity to easily meet these people at any given time more once they're there and and to, and to you know talk about who makes i think they should be be showing that with pride yeah, I, you know I brew hub brews this beer or you know craft beer alliance brews this beer like you should take pride in that because that just shows the signs of your brewery and your brand progressing into outsourcing that in order to meet that demand i agree and, and as you said earlier you want to know if the the conscious consumer wants to know the quality of the beer is there and that's but there are the people who want the cheapest thing that says ipa right. either way providing the transparency helps that person you know us on the show we our, our shirt says quality over everything that's what we that's our that's thing. motto yep. so yep. so i would like to know that quality is is what's coming out of this brewery or this whatever the seal says that you know that it means something so that's where I stand on that as far as transparency. I think it can only help every consumer. The one, Even the one who doesn't care, it still helps them know where their beer is coming from, and maybe they'll start to care or they'll start to move it, into that It helps next promote realm. education, too, and right. being a more knowledgeable consumer we're as in a, well. We're in a quality-based business. Yeah. Knowing where the quality comes from is important. If it was a, just a quantity based business where the most beer you get in the market is the best then right. then it doesn't it'd matter one, as much it'd be one company left right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so kind of i want to you know we, we like to to talk to people within the industry you know 
you being an owner and it's been being in it for so long and brew brewmasters and, and all these guys who own breweries where do you see craft beer going in terms of maybe popularity beer styles where do you as sam of dr shed see the industry as a whole or you can break it down however you want going starting now to the future yeah, I would say I, I think we're at somewhere around 12 or 13 percent market share yeah, that, yeah. in America. Uh, but Wall Street Journal had a story today where they pegged the number at 90 percent of the beer sold in our country is actually being uh, sold by just two conglomerates, uh, Anheuser-Busch Imbeb and, and Miller Coors. Um, so I, I believe craft beer is going to keep growing. Uh, I'm hopeful that beer overall will get back to growth. It's been like 20 or 30 years since beer has grown in America. Right now we're technically still losing market share to wine and spirits, whereas the only uh, you know, uh, growth engine for craft beer, or for beer overall, is uh, Mexican imports and craft. So I think 10 years from now, I'm hopeful that craft beer is like a 15 or 20% market share. I'm hopeful that beer itself, including the light lagers of the international conglomerates, has grown. You know, that we've taken some share back from wine and spirits, which will show that millennials or younger drinkers are getting into, into beer at a bigger degree. Um, and, and I do think, though, the opening and closing rate of craft brewers can't be sustained with so many openings and so few closings. I think craft beer market share is going to keep going up, but I think there'll be an an acceleration of closing rates as consumers find the yeah. ones making really good beer and 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 choose to champion them with their wallets and pocketbooks and disregard those that are making bad or inconsistent Absolutely. beer. That's what I think. Yeah. I yeah. think the big brewers are going <laughs> to use that moment to say, "Oh, look, those all those bad, all those small beers, they suck. Look, they're going out of business." But as long as we all keep our eye on, well, generally, collectively, how are the indie craft breweries doing? They're growing, but yes, there's going to be more closings. That's inevitable. There's, I think. Yeah, there's yeah. only so many people who can drink craft. I mean. Your local brewery gets everybody local until there's ten of them, and and then your share. Yeah, yeah. Now your opportunity cost of customers comes to a. So, I agree yep. with you. Good. So where do you see Dogfish going in the future? Obviously expanding, growing. Yeah. But maybe what you have up your sleeve. I know we have a couple minutes left. Kind of. Let me ask this first. Yeah. Let me take a step back. Yeah. How specific when you brew a new beer and you're trying out how much emphasis is put into staying within that style i think we put more emphasis on how we stay outside of a style <laughs> than we do you know if you come visit our facilities and we hope you do we have a beautiful harbor front hotel called the dogfish inn which is in lewis delaware derek stayed there and ron stayed there and Chuck stayed there, all of my coworkers I'm looking at right now. Um, and then we have our R&D brewery, distillery, restaurant, Rehoboth. And we have our big brewery with, an R, with a, a big distillery and a little R&D brewery in, in Milton, Delaware, all in coastal Delaware. Um, when we're there, Every one of those buildings has an Emerson quote on the side of it, that the centerpiece of the Emerson quote is this concept of an exploration of goodness and not following other people's paths find your own path and I think that's something we're really proud of you know there was no Florida vice before there was a Festina Pesh there was no uh, you know 90 minute look at when that came out for Imperial IPAs in 1999 or chicory stout as a coffee infused stout in 95 April hop as a fruit infused IPA in 1996 so we've really proud ourselves on not following trends but trying to look for niches white space in the marketplace of the kinds of beers we want to drink and uh, and going there so I'm hopeful that in 10 years we're gonna find some other really unique spaces around existing styles uh, culinary oriented 
oriented or uh, art oriented and in, 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 infused, but not spot on style brewing. That's not what we do, which is why you don't see us pouring a, a hazy IPA today. Oh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, so Sam, when's the next hazy IPA? That makes me happy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I enjoy drinking it. I just don't see a way for us to do that. That would be off center. What about dessert stouts, pastry stouts? I mean, we, we love it. I mean, we first, <laughs> you know, what was what was chicory stout made with coffee and uh, chicory and licorice since 1995, you know, or what was our immortal made with maple syrup, vanilla beans, and peat smoked barley since 1996, you know? I think, I think it's important to note that, that you're talking about these dates, and I think that's times that in a lot of people's minds was even prior to craft beer really taking off. Yeah. Um, and, and also that... The trends, when they happen, they seem to avalanche. It's like pile on, pile on. One brewery does it, two breweries do it, and then all of a sudden everybody does it. You guys are like the one brewery that does it. Nobody else does it for a while, and then everybody's like, actually, damn, that's cool. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, you're not you're not at the forefront of a trend. You're literally a pioneer of the trend. And right. that's I think that just saying those things is, is important for letting people know just exactly how awesome that you guys actually are. Well, on behalf of... 350 of us at Dogfish were super proud, and that's definitely something that we're mindful of. I think that's so cool that you, you spend the time to thank all your employees and everybody else but yourself. And I think that's that says a lot about your character and, and kind of how you do business. I know I, I, I would watch Brewmasters on uh, Discovery, yep. and that's what got me like extra, like borderline obsessed with Dogfish Head because your business mentality and kind of how you run your brand is something that I take a lot after running this or running my brand, which is myself, is, is it's okay to be off-center. It's okay to be a little bit weird, but just keep pushing it and make that path for yourself, even if someone hasn't paved the way for you. And I think that's super cool. And that's one of the big factors outside of, of great quality beer that Dogfish really kind of takes home and it sets well with me. It's kind of like that uniqueness and, and not being afraid and, you know, take those chances. It's okay. Namaste to you, my yeah, friend. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. We really yeah. appreciate it. It's an awesome yeah. opportunity for us, and we're really happy this to have you. This is the first show from a swan, Jeff. Is this, this ever is the first show from a swan? Have you had held one from a weird uh, other other sort of uh, uh, device or animal? Not yet, but not I from think an elephants animal. on the bucket list though. Elephant. Yeah. We can do an elephant yeah. next. Do we've done them from so I mean we've we've always we did them on location we've done them with a lot of breweries funky and Buddha, yeah. nice. Good guys Ryan and Casey usually yeah. right in the middle of a tap room where there's a bunch of people to come and jump on and, yeah. and, and distract us and yeah. let, really let it come off the rails yeah. but yeah this nice. is the first from a swan that's well, for hope sure. it's not the last <laughs> yeah. so I guess now's a good time to wrap up we're at the uh, the 20 minute mark so thank you so much Sam for joining us it's been it's an absolute honor for me. Yep to be my beer is on you i'll still choose oh, you though <laughs> it's an absolute honor to be sitting with you in this swan this is a check off my bucket list this is i almost cried when jeff called me saying this because you're such an inspiration That's sweet guys. so i gotta tell you i can't i tried really hard not to like fangirl out when you pulled up like hey mike there's sam over there I'm like <gasps> In a rented, let, let the record show, it's in a rented hot yellow <laughs> yeah. Camaro convertible. Yeah. Me and my lady. Really, really badass yellow. And everyone's like, he's super cool, relaxed. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> like I don't have power, oh my God. <laughs> so thank you so much, my man. Pleasure. It means the world. My pleasure. Cheers, thank guys. You. Thank Cheers. you for what you do. Spreading you. the word of Absolutely. good beer every day. My beer is on Cheers. Okay, we'll get another one. All right, we'll see you guys. I'm Mike. That's Jeff. Sam from Dogfish. That's Jeff. We'll see you guys at the bar. Goodbye. Cheers. Forgot to sign.